4: Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. Do not attempt to adjust your uh, dial, ladies and gentlemen. We're sort of passing on our normal roll call music, and I wanted to bring it back to my hometown of Philadelphia. Uh, if you are a Philadelphian, you know that this particular theme has some sort of a uh, sentimental meaning. Uh, if you're a watcher of WXTF Channel 29, of course they use the world famous uh, Twilight instrumental from our guest today. What can I say? This is—I uh, know I've said we've done special episodes of Questlove Supreme before, but this is probably super special. It's the first time I'm using the word "super" in front of it. So, as you know, we are here in Los Angeles, California, doing uh, doing this in person and not on the Zoom. And the thing about where we're located is we're just kind of a stone's throw away from the iconic Capitol Records building. When you think of that label and your love of music, you think of Nat King Cole, The Beatles, and Beach Boys, and Duran Duran, People, Bryson, Milk Boy. Pet Shop Boys, Lou Rawls, Natalie Cole, you know, there's, but for me, in my childhood, when I think of that that logo, especially the classic orange and brown logo spinning on the turntable, I think of our, our esteemed special guest today, and I will say that throughout my childhood, when we talk about, you get past the barbecue, you best believe that that barbecue <laughs> is going to be uh, somewhat scored and soundtracked. By our guest today You name the classics We should know them all They're national anthems Golden Time of the Day Southern Girl Joy Pain Happy happy Feeling We Are One Back in Stride Silky Soul And of course You know The Morning After The Morning After Silky Silky Not to mention The National Anthem Of Life before I let go. Yeah, yes. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, our guest is the definition of the barbecue, despite the fact <laughs> that I've never seen him wear anything but the color white. <laughs> <laughs> and as a Philly native, it is only right that we bring our brother on the show to celebrate his life and celebrate his career, and we have his, his family with us. Ladies and gentlemen, please, welcome to Questlove Supreme, the one and only, the legendary, Frankie Beverly, along with his cousins Miss Pew, Miss Pew and Will. Thank you. I don't even need my own, uh, uh, clap. I, I was ready to... Amir, can I just ask
1: you, we, we in D.C. would appreciate if you would say Philadelphia and D.C.'s own today? Yes, Thank okay.
4: You. See. Thank you. part of the running gag of the show is the fact that, you know, Laia often coats, which is where she's from today. You're from D.C. today?
1: Yes. I have to rep.
4: <laughs> yes. Okay, well I'm from Philadelphia today. Okay, so. we battling there. But guess what? You're from Philadelphia too! <laughs> okay anyway we thank you so much for being on the show there's thank you there's there's so much like i want to know and i'm so overwhelmed right now because you you are a a hero to all of us musically and whatnot and i don't know just thank you for being here. how how are you today
5: i'm fine man it's beautiful i'm glad to see you guys and
4: it's just wonderful thank you thank you so much um, I guess what I would like to know is, were, were you born in, um, I'm claiming it as my hometown. I was born in your hometown. Were you born in Philadelphia? Yes. What part of Philadelphia are you from? Born in North Philly. Okay. Jill wins, not me. Grew up a lot in Germantown. Okay. Yeah. North side of things? Yeah. I'm from West Philly. Yeah, okay. And I think gentrification now has me saying that I grew up in Walnut Lane, which is... They've recently called it yes exactly when gentrification comes through yeah I was once in the hood and then now all of a sudden University of Penn has taken over so now that's right we no. are to call it Walnut Lane but I live in 52nd in Osage and that's okay when I mention like North Philadelphia for you what what can you describe to me about it
5: well I grew up there grew up down in near the Uptown Theater yes. Around that area. I,
4: Were you often a witness of shows there or did uh, you watch a lot of shows at the oh, end of
5: Absolutely.
4: Really?
5: I used to go around there, watch all kinds of stuff. And then um, got older and w- moved up to Germantown. And
4: that's where I went to
5: uh, Wagner School. You went to Wagner? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Germantown High. Okay.
4: Black got, Thought in. Uh... Frankie Beverly went to uh, <laughs> yeah. Germantown yeah. High. Yeah, shout out to uh, Spawn too, who yeah. went to. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So roots related. You went to Germantown High School. Mm-hmm. You know, were you at all in your beginnings as a, as a singer? Were you more gospel based in like coming through the church, or were you do wopped? Like, what was your musical uh, both. entry into both?
5: i went to church a lot and sang but once i got going in school that's when the other stuff happened
6: <laughs> <laughs> other
5: things came in my life you know and i uh, went to go up down in north philly and then i moved back up to germantown okay. later on in my life and went to uh, wagner mm-hmm. junior high and went to germantown high school
4: how long did you stay in philadelphia before you well quite a while okay quite a while in my 20s so was raw soul formed in philadelphia or was that your first band or
5: i'm trying to think that's a that's a good question butlers. the butlers,
0: butlers. Were your
5: first. well
4: the butlers
5: was was before that mm-hmm.
4: Was that named after Streets of Philadelphia, Were you... No.
5: Whew,
4: all right, so when you say Butler to any Philadelphian, it's like, oh, God. check <laughs> No, it
5: wasn't. I, I really don't know where it came from, but the name came...
4: The butlers, okay. okay yeah. I, I have to ask this question just for me. Uh, my father is also a, a doo-wop singer from Philadelphia, and so... That's how I knew, you know, of, of your music. Uh, he was in, my father's Lee Andrews of Lee Andrews in the Hearts. Is that right? Yeah, that's oh, my okay. dad. Oh, so, uh, Oh, I was a big fan of them. Oh, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. But, like, generally at the time, like, what was the musical environment of Philly? Because, you know, we often talk about the sound of Philadelphia, and people mostly think about, like, Gamble and Huff and what they've done in the 70s, but not many people know that Philadelphia has a an even richer tapestry of music, doo-wop and, you know, with opera, like with everything, but for you. It's
5: more than what most people think. Philadelphia was a big-time music town. Okay. All sorts of things, you know. I got real tied into Frankie Lyman.
4: Was he your favorite singer?
5: He was one of them, during, you know, during my young years. Okay. I was a real big fan of
1: him. That' why you went toward Frankie, the name Frankie, because Frankie's not your first name. No. Yeah, yeah.
5: I did not my, know this. Yeah. My name is Stanley.
1: I mean, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> hey, I didn't. Real, <laughs> my
5: real. <laughs> first name, my first name is Stanley.
1: Howard,
0: Howard Stanley. Stanley.
5: Howard Stanley. Stanley. Okay. Beverly. So
1: Frankie was from Frankie Lyman.
5: Yes.
4: Okay. I yes. did not know that. Absolutely. He <laughs> he started me going. What was it about Frankie Lyman that you loved? He could sing, man.
5: Okay. He could sing. He had a big impact on me growing up.
4: Yeah. I was about to say he had a big impact on, on all of us because even when I was in first grade, so I went to a performing arts school in Philadelphia. First day of school and our homework assignment was bringing your favorite song or your favorite 45 and i brought in why do fools fall in love Mm -hmm. because my parents had tricked me my okay my mom hates when i tell this story my dad tricked me into thinking that doo-wop music was new music so i was in this is 1976 so everyone else is bringing in the bgs and stevie wonder and whatnot and i brought in why do fools fall in love and Mm -hmm. they were like Oh, this was out when I was a little kid. And, you know, every adult was 100 years old to me. So <laughs> I came home, and then when my mom told me, yes, this came out in like 1958. And I thought that was like a thousand years ago. Like, I, that's when I realized there's a timeline on music. Like, so I too loved Why Do Fools Fall in Love? And, and yeah, I see that. Did you have brothers and sisters that were in music as well? Like, did you grow up in a musical household? I mean, my
5: mother and father and my brother sang, but not like I did when I, okay. I got in the groups real young and so, Raw Soul. you remember Raw Soul?
4: Yes. Yeah. I, I've seen o- on YouTube right now. I mean, there's like, there's a concert of Raw Soul. Um, oh, really? Yeah, like hmm. 19, I believe like 75, 76 is yeah. it's live on, it's some... Um, I believe it's in the Bay Area or whatever. Like, it's just right before it's frankly Beverly Mays' mm-hmm. Raw Soul. And, like, for me, like, the audience, the audience reaction was the most exciting part of watching that. Like, <laughs> as Raw Soul, how are you guys able to get that exciting reaction from the crowd without having, I would assume, did they have singles and a record deal before you guys transferred to Maze or?
5: We made little records before okay. Mays came. Okay. yeah, when Mays came along when I went to California okay. while I was in Philly, it was I can't even remember the name of the
4: group. Russell. was it
5: Ross? I mean, yeah, it was Ross that's true yeah. yeah, but but it uh Philly was my teacher yeah. okay. I had a lot of good people. A lot of good acts out of Philly. A lot of talented people out of Philly. So yeah, it, it was a great place to be. I owe a lot of what I am today to that town. Yeah. Great, great town.
4: Well, that town appreciates you. Yeah. I mean, I guess the story of how Maze came into my life. Um, so I did. I I never knew the story of like Marvin Gaye. Mm seeing you guys and and discovering you guys until when i heard silky soul mm. then i heard the backstory and whatnot about you paying tribute to him but could you talk about like how marvin Gaye's presence sort of changed the, oh, you man, guys life? You, know,
5: you can imagine i mean to even meet him at that t- stage with, and he was such a like a big brother to me used to let us open shows mm-hmm. coming up you know and...
4: what do you think that it was that he saw in you guys that made it special
5: we were a group okay we we were a group it was about five of us or something okay we were young guys but we could sing yeah and, and he liked that actually did a christmas kind of thing
4: okay christmas holiday christmas yeah. holiday. okay
5: and he got involved and helped us do that and i was so young then, you know mm-hmm. but he was a good guy man marvin is wow really changed my life got it going Beautiful. and uh, my mother and then loved them yeah
1: bet they did uh, uh it's marvin
6: Mother and gay. That's right. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribbling. Uh, sherry carter they were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me the next generation of influential black voices can be found on npr's new collection black stories black truths black stories black truths is a celebration of blackness from npr each of npr's black voices are as distinct varied and nuanced as the black experience itself in the black stories black truths collection you'll hear stories of joy resilience empowerment and creating world shifting things out of struggle Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get podcasts.
1: All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: How would you describe the sound of Maze? Because it's, it's really hard to describe. I mean, yes, we could say soul music, but there's something about the texture of that that really speaks to black folks in a way that, you know, if we could figure out the formula... I'm certain that all of us would try to copy it and apply it, but it's really hard to tell. Like, what what is it about? That's interesting.
5: I've never heard anybody, but I think you're absolutely right. It's being from Philadelphia has a big thing with that. Philly had a lot of talent in the acts.
4: Was there any moment or any time period that you guys uh, ever thought about or wanted to record at Philadelphia international, like with Kenny Gamble and Leon Huff, like to be a part of the Philadelphia international system.
5: At that time I was so young. No, okay. I mean, I, I wasn't old enough to be tripping on, on that. Okay. I see. But then, then I moved to California and that whole thing changed. I got out there and, um, I'd still didn't sign with him, but I got close to him. And um, he's always helped me a little bit too. Yeah. Gamble? Gamble. Yeah. Okay. He's always been a, been a big help to me.
4: What was it like watching the beginnings of his journey and this sort of slow rising of of his sound? Like, what was it like as family members watching this?
0: Exciting. It was exciting because we saw the work that he put in. Right. Um, It was uh, rewarding uh, for him and for the family because we have a musical family. And, uh, of course, not to the extent (laughs) that Frankie has made it, but saw the work that he did, the long nights, the endless nights, I should say, Mm -hmm. that he kept going, he kept going, and he knew what he wanted to do. He never wanted to do anything else but sing and play his music. So that's, that's what I saw. I saw somebody that was just determined. And that determination paid off. And he loved what he did. It right. was a passion there. Okay. The passion. He was passionate about his music. He loved to write. And I asked him this many times a long time ago. He loved to talk about love. Love is his go-to word.
4: You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's his You're go-to word. Right.
0: And he loved to talk. Back then, he, with the, the uprise of all types of things going on with the world, mm-hmm. um, he started to think about those things, too. And he talked about how, like, oh, this is horrible. I'm going to go write a song about this. And so... That's how he came to the we are one. Okay. People coming together instead of being apart. So he he, he absolutely started to, to feel about or start to feel how people were feeling about their own lives. And what about this? We should be as one. We should be helping these other people. Okay. So that's... That's what I saw. I saw him just work hard and think about what other people were going through and just thinking about the love. That's really who he is, the person of
4: love. So would you say that songwriting was therapeutic for you in terms of expressing yourself? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because I'll say that love, like, oftentimes I think people will tend to typecast soul music and R&B as somewhat like meaningless love music or whatever but i don't know i think coming from you especially the way you sing there's such a gentle comforting it's, almost right like yeah and it's such a gentle normally gentle singers are are like a like high like falsetto stylistics uh, smoky stylistics yeah. and so it's it's very rare to hear a baritone voice that's that gentle and that sort of thing.
5: Oh, that's nice,
4: man. I appreciate it. Well, that. no, I'm i I'm reflecting to you what <laughs> I'm Thank only you. showing you what you what you are. But yeah, like in the 60s and 70s when most uh lead black singers were high falsetto, mm. high voices whatever. <laughs> uh for you was there was that ever an option like to figure out cuz sometimes like Ronald Isley will go between his high voice in his little voice but for you was there ever no to... i
5: never thought of that oh okay i was okay. gonna be the the singer the singer
4: all right yeah the approachable everyday guy okay i get that
0: and uh, that's what he really was approachable that's a that's a good term yeah. approachable
4: i see that
1: yeah
0: he was approachable
1: what do you what was i thinking yeah
0: what are you thinking
1: honey? no i was you know what i was just thinking i was like yeah because we i was thinking about awards and I was thinking about like these Grammys and these all these awards, and I was like, from, to my recollection, you guys don't have a lot of those. But the acceptance of you in the community, and I've seen you speak about this before, mm. far exceeds. So that everyday manism that you're talking about mm. is worth so much more. It looks yes. like than the untouchableness mm. of it all, yeah. Yeah. Mm. right?
5: Yeah, we. That's very true, honey. It, it seems like our people. Really supported us, yeah. even from a young stage too.
1: As much as we could,
0: yes.
6: Yeah. Now, now I've uh, I've been to um, I've had the privilege of attending uh, one of your shows. You came to my hometown in Raleigh, North Carolina. This was this was some years back, and y'all mm. played this amphitheater. It was outside, and I mean, you came out, and it was full of people, and they sang every word. Like <laughs> They sang every word. I was like if Frankie wanna chill tonight, he ain't gotta sing. Like, like, we gonna sing for <laughs> <Yeah. phone>. him, <laughs> you know well, what I mean? Well, but um, I, I think, you know, speaking of what Lae was saying, just, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure that we communicate to you today. You know, you were just a staple in our households. You know what I'm saying? Like your music was like always there. And it was, and it was oftentimes too, it wasn't just your music was there, but your music was the soundtrack to some of the best times of our lives. Like you mm-hmm. always associated, I always associated Frankie Beverly and Maze with Good Times. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, and like what you were saying about him singing with Love, um, We Need Love to Live, that was like one of my favorite songs. Like I would always play that. I even. Cut Fonte. A very long time ago, I sampled it. Yeah, I was it. like, wow. I sampled it and rapped over it. It did not come out. I was, <laughs> that.
4: I was 16. Was Yo. Just, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> right, right shine, uh, Golden Time of the Day, The oh, Shining Part. Yeah, 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 Was the original music The clones. Oh my God! If you can ever mash it, wow! <laughs> but we couldn't make the loop work, and so yeah, yeah, then yeah. we start all over again. But go ahead. Yeah,
6: but uh, but no, um, no, you. It was just always a spirit that came through in your music, and um, just really spoke, just to all of us, and just made us all feel really good. And um, you know, I, I've seen it, just the magic of you performing and. People, you know, it's like you're a family member. Yeah, well,
5: that's, that's, that's like what it up. is. That's, that's what it is. so beautiful. You is. guys, you guys are gonna make me start crying.
4: <laughs> well, this, this is called the Frankie Beverly Takes His Flowers today. <laughs> <'cause>, <laughs> you know, you know, you know, that's what know, it is. What we do here. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm curious about because now we live in a time when bands are almost non existent. I come from a band of 11 members that, like, I mean, it's just, you're, you're, you're hard pressed to find any bands existing today, but can I ask you, like at times in your mind, is it easier fronting a band or did you ever imagine a life in which you were just a solo artist by yourself without like Frankie, Frankie Beverly and Maze, Like, No,
5: always part of a band. Never thought of myself as a single actor
4: right. ever never so at no point were you just like hey i'd like no
5: oh it was very moved by frankie Lyman and the team t-
4: okay so the- ah, you always wanted to be in a band yeah. context ah, yeah i see that for you do you have any memories of like how you write songs or how ideas come to you
5: even today i write songs that i that i want to sing about you know it's right. i want to say things that i think people want to hear about
4: well, I I have a question about one particular song, which is the national anthem, because this is just hitting me right now. No, it, this is the happiest breakup song ever. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna like, say. <laughs> literally, when go. he said that, <laughs> it, dude, when he said that, I was going through the. I said, like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, even if it's you're the happiest a breakup song, song, it still makes
6: yeah. us what, feel happy good. What happy feelings? What song No, before that, go, go, I was like, oh, yo, before before let go, go, you You better get
4: on that act right. You might as well think all that. Yeah. 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 Now I'm afraid to ask, like, was that based on it? Like, do you write from real life experiences? Or I have friends that write, they'll express what their friends aren't able to express, or is it experiences? But, you know,
5: that song, I don't, I remember writing it, but I don't, I don't remember what motivated that.
1: (laughs) You
4: forgot her on purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but then again, some of the, some of the biggest <laughs> yeah. hits ever are just like afterthoughts, you know what I mean? Yeah, something,
5: something happened. May, maybe it was some thing I was in.
4: I was some... It was. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you know, because the thing is, is that that song is on the live album, and there's only two other studio cuts on there, so... I. Oftentimes, I'll ask X, like when they stick an extra song or two on the greatest hits or the live album, and they always say, oh, it was just an afterthought. Like we didn't put much deep thought into it, it was just we threw it on there and it became an anthem. Were you shocked? Were you shocked at how that song was received and it won't go away ever?
5: I think I was shocked how that song took off. Okay. That's a good point. I. I I mean, I liked the song, but I, I was blown away about how it, how the people liked it so
4: so much. Has there ever been a Frankie Beverly show in which? You don't perform that song, and is there? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How do you want to go home? Look, Nirvana. Yeah, right. Nirvana spent a whole year never playing "Smells Like Teen Spirit." Oh, like that, some that. that's a different people. crowd, <laughs> right?
1: These aunties and uncles, you don't give yeah. do happy feelings. We that's got dressed problem. up in all
6: white. We want to hear before I let go. <laughs> Period. Yeah. Yeah.
1: is that a lie? Right?
5: <laughs> no, that's that's true, honey. Yeah. Y'all are mentioning songs that people still want to hear now.
1: Right, but yeah. there's no songs like that you can skip. Like Amir said, you can't skip "Happy Feelings" at a show. You right. have to sing no, it. No, that's
6: true. Yeah. How did y'all decide on the name Maze for the band?
5: That's a that is a good question.
4: Because <laughs> <laughs> I like Raw Soul too, but yeah. like Mays. why did, was it Larkin Arnold or someone at Capitol that was just like no, no getting name? No,
5: no, it was it was the band members. It was
0: well, I I can tell you that Marvin Gaye didn't like Raw Soul.
4: Ah. He, he did. He, he didn't like
0: Russell. He,
5: he didn't I like get it. Russell.
4: What, what did he feel was, did it sound just ordinary to him? Or?
5: Well, he just thought I'd, I needed to change, you know, and he found a little better name
0: for it.
6: I just remember being a kid, and you know, my aunt, she would have y'all's albums, and it was always. The you maze. try to solve the. I actually would try to do the maze. Yo, me too. <laughs> I used to get
4: the album cover and try to solve the maze. Like, no. Yeah,
6: and then get in trouble for writing on her album cover. But, right. Uh, right. It, but it was worth it.
4: All right, y'all. You
1: know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos.
2: And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great.
4: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like, we have our favorites of yours, as far as your songs are concerned. But what songs are your favorite in your catalog? Like, what, what's near and dear to your heart? Oh,
5: boy. Just about all of them I did. Okay. I mean, if, if I recorded them, they meant something to me. They
4: they got me inside. They're your kids. Yeah. So it's hard to pick a favorite one. One that you like more than the other, or?
5: Oh no, I don't like none of them more than all of them. Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: that's I, I thought it was a. It's a blessing, man. You, you know, when you do, when you're a writer and you. That's a blessing. It comes from a man above, whether it be me or whoever, you know, like Stevie Wonder and people like, you know, they. It must be the same thing for them too. Yeah, you know? when you're a writer and you come with it just one thing after another, that comes from uh, from the major place. Yeah,
4: from another yeah. source. vessel, exactly. Just a vessel. Yeah. 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 Of all your albums, is there a favorite one of yours? that you love more than if i can't get you one song. <laughs>
1: no, i love them all. Okay, okay, i'm gonna remix this question. All right, this is my question. If there was a way for you not to have to sing one of these songs that you're always singing at every single show. Which song would you be like, "Oh, i'm so happy i don't have to sing that tonight. I love it, but i'm tired. I'm tired."
4: <laughs> Whoa,
5: well, wait a minute now.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: don't yeah, don't throw out the bag. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> I
3: just I'm,
1: I mean, because you these are songs you've been singing for a long time. Yeah. And I'm just like, you never get tired of just come on before I let you go. I'm tired. <laughs>
4: yeah, well, they'll sing it for him. That's true. Yeah, that's, okay. that's He does not Ride. have to sing. That's like, true. I've it. seen
6: it like it's yeah. it is so like he it was a show you came to you came to Raleigh and uh, mint condition was opening Um, and, and so mint condition. opened. it was a great show. And you know, you were doing your songs and everybody i mean like literally like the whole amphitheater said thing. one word yeah you and that was it and that's it he could have put the mic down <laughs> he could have danced he could have did a step he could have ate chicken he could have did whatever it was over like they had him and you um another thing that i uh was was curious to know if and if y'all can add on this as well you know the thing that's so amazing to me about your legacy is that you've been able to tour like people a lot of times with black artists We have to, okay. If you want to go on tour, you got to have a new album out, or what new you got? What got? There's always this kind of pressure to feed the machine in order to be able to tour, whatever. And you are always an example I've used. I'm like, look, Frankie Beverly ain't put out a new record in however many years, but people show up for him every time. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Every time. You know what I mean? What do you attribute to that longevity? God. That is.
5: I wish I was that smart. But no, it's it just is what it is, and that's what I do,
4: it, you know. I have a question. What part of the United States do you feel is, like, your biggest fan base? Yes, I mean, I figured New Orleans because that's where you made the record. However, I've learned that, you know, Asheville, North Carolina also has a great audience, <laughs> yes. and... and Oakland has a great audience. So for you, like, what are what what are you the favorite cities of yours that you've toured throughout the years? Most of
5: them. Mm-hmm. No problem. I think this is why you're a
4: success because you're. Yeah, real diplomatic.
1: You can say mo- DC. It's okay. Mo- mo- huh? You can say Washington
5: DC. No, I was gonna. That's one of. them. Okay. I think you know all of them, the major cities, all of them. I mean, I can't-
1: Chicago, summa, I get it. Sh- Atlanta, yeah. uh, where and we are, where we are and where we have passion.
5: I'm telling you, yeah. it's 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 amazing to me. I'm, I'm blown away by it too. I don't know what-
1: Excuse me, what is
5: the
4: white thing? What
1: is the-
6: Why yeah. are you showing my question?
4: It's a trademark.
1: What is the inspiration behind wearing so much white?
4: Yeah,
5: when did that become a thing? Oh, I did I don't think I've been chipped on that. I think uh, I was told to do that to none of the people who was making my clothes mm-hmm. saw it any different than that. You know, they all suggested the same thing I was wearing all the time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so some somehow they thought I'd need to stay in that groove that I was always in.
0: And if you saw some of his earlier outfits, in yeah. his earlier years, he would wear red, all red. Really, all black. Yeah,
6: that's right.
0: And then he just stuck with the all white. But
1: back in the day, it was all red, red hat.
6: Red, yes. Yeah, Because uh-huh. yeah, back
0: in
1: Strive yeah. video, that was definitely not a white outfit. That wasn't a white <laughs> outfit time.
6: Yeah.
5: yeah, yeah. 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 I don't. I don't know too much else I've done. I, nothing crazy. You know.
1: Good on you.
4: What? Okay, you're (laughs) right. I'm looking right now. Um, I had to go on Soul Train to see, and you're wearing all red right here. (laughs) But with the hat, though, right, Amir? Yes, yes. Always with the hat and the beard. I didn't know you from Philly, and then you know your beard was like the Philly beard. (laughs) You had a Philly beard, so.
0: (laughs) He asked the question. uh, I think it was that was back in the early '80s, and. He was actually in L.A. when he did the show. And on that show, he asked, uh, having a conversation with the audience out there, and they said, I understand that you all think that I'm bald. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because I wear a hat. Right. Right. (laughs) But he says, He pulls off the hat and he says, I'm not bald, y'all. This is just a Philly thing. Philadelphians wear hats. (laughs) So so
4: that was a a good moment for him. Actually, wait. All right. So this is a a Philadelphia question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I grew up with a lot of uncles. My dad almost went through this phase. And, of course, you know, we we knew the, the Spinks family and all that stuff. Did you ever go through the urban cowboy phase?
0: you mean the stables the over in uh the well, stables over that... in Westville are you talking about well, are you talking just... about that kind of phase where all the kids were going
4: Well no 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 just there was a period in like 76 77 in which the entire like all Black men were just dressing up as cowboys.
1: Tight jeans and a cowboy hat. Yeah, like
4: Mm -hmm. Teddy Pillegras were wearing two-gallon hats. I'm
0: kidding, that
4: ain't it. That ain't
6: it. I missed that
0: one, too.
5: (laughs) You ain't
6: singing happy feelings in the cowboy hat. (laughs) No. (laughs) It
0: was
5: just Glenn Turner.
6: (laughs) It was just Glenn
1: Turner.
5: No, my mother and my family would have been jumping all over. Hell, (laughs) yeah. From
4: North (laughs) (laughs) Philly. Is there anything that you have yet to creatively achieve or embark on that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? I'm trying to figure out, like, your your other talents as well. I mean, besides singer, songwriter, producer.
5: There's some stages we're going to go to.
4: Okay.
5: Yeah. There's some things.
4: Anytime I've seen you, it's been in the United States, but has, what is his... his worldwide and yeah he has it. the Tell same him. thing
0: <laughs> yeah. okay yeah all right okay
5: yeah everywhere likes us
6: just like here
0: mm-hmm. yeah. he's toured of um europe and mm-hmm. okay. in london paris and japan yeah japan
6: uh, have y'all been to uh, Africa at all? Have, have not Africa. Not, yeah? Africa. Africa? Oh not yet.
5: God. Yeah, we haven't done a bunch Ooh. of Africa. I feel no, like South
6: yet. Africa would love y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all would kill it. We That's think a so good too. Point. Or the Cape wow. Town, like, uh, there's a, well, I think it's it goes on, There used to be a jazz fest in Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And
4: um, nah, y'all would, I think y'all would kill it.
1: Hmm. Long overdue.
4: Before we wrap, I, got, I do have one question. I'm certain that you're tired of answering this question. What was your feeling on Beyonce? Covering before I let go, and the reception that the world gave it, I was blown away with it.
0: And what he told me when then when they were approached, when we were approached about Beyonce doing that, he he respected her, mm-hmm. uh, and he had a, a good relationship with Jay Z mm-hmm. and Beyonce, okay. and so that he thought it. From what our discussion was, he thought that she would do it justice, mm-hmm. and and it would bring forth a whole new generation of people knowing his music
1: oh so she didn't play it for you first they didn't ask you for like had the song right no they didn't play it no
4: well you know that's that that song's a mighty mountain to climb so you know and you know i will just say that you know you you have provided us with such um a timeless beautiful soundtrack that you know will will never go away. We'll be here forever. You know, you're 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 the original feel good music. And you know, I wanna thank you just for stopping by and yeah, saying hello it. to us. Ah oh, man, yeah. thank you for all the
6: years of music and good yeah. times and everything. All that joy. Yeah.
1: All that joy and that love. We felt it. Yeah. Um, I really do appreciate y'all
5: you know you're gonna make me cry yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. you're gonna make us cry i was yeah. right when you walked in the door ain't that all white i was like lord don't Jesus. right
4: <laughs> never stops. yeah no but thank you thank you for coming on the show and thank you for taking yeah, your man. flowers and you know more flowers for bill sherman <laughs> <laughs> yes that's all bill's there to make sure that everyone gets flowers frankie beverly ladies and gentlemen and the best
1: cousins in the world yeah. straight we're, up, we're straight up. Yes. Oh,
4: thank you man. All right And on behalf of uh, You know Fontigolo Sugar Steve uh, Unpaid Bill This long giant applause <laughs> Yeah <laughs> wow. And thank you guys So much for coming And visiting us And uh, we'll see you On the next round Of Questlove Supreme All right. Beautiful
1: Thank you
4: This is Sugar Steve Thank you for listening To Questlove Supreme This podcast is hosted By Amir Questlove Thompson Laia St. Clair Fonte Coleman Sugar Steve Mandel And unpaid Bill Sherman the executive producers are Amir Questlove-Thompson, Sean G., and Brian Calhoun. Produced by Brittany Benjamin, Jake Payne, and Laia St. Clair. Edited by Alex Conroy. Produced for iHeart by Noel Brown and Mike Johns. Audio engineering by Graham Gibson at iHeart's LA studio. What's Supreme is a production of iHeart Radio.